Hubhopper Originals. To start your podcast for free, log on to studio.hubhopper.com. I mean, what's what is left in the world that has not been done by somebody else already? Which industry is there in this world right now that is not over cluttered, where there are not enough competitors who are charging a pittance for the same service that you maybe want to charge a lot for? There's always going to be competition. There are always going to be hundreds who have already done this before you. But the way you will do it will always be different because you are a unique person. So I mean, I would whosoever wants to stop it, don't don't. I mean, you know, I I, I don't even remember which movie this was, but I remember it was Irfan Khan, and he was telling this to his co-actor that if you don't get out of the house, how will you know whether there's traffic on the road or not, or whether you can reach your destination or the or not? So if you don't even try and if you give up before the journey has begun, then how will you even know whether you were worthy of it or not? Hello and welcome to the Success with Savita podcast, where we share hot tips on how to do life and business without losing your mind. I'm your host Savita Nanjappa, entrepreneur, high-achieving nine-to-fiver turned transformational success coach, helping you create a wildly successful business. Come hang out with me and other fabulous humans like you every week for stories and chats packed with a healthy dose of tips, resources, how-to's, and real talk. Side effects may include a happier and more confident you with each passing day. Hi and welcome to the Success with Savita podcast. Joining me today is Sujata Setia who is an amazingly talented photographer and I can spend hours looking at her images. And I hope someday I will be lucky to be able to have her shoot some of my family's pictures and my child's pictures as well. With that, let me introduce to you my guest today on the show. Sujata is an internationally renowned and published storytelling photographer based in the UK. She's also the first ever baby photographer of Indian descent to represent the country in global summits such as Click Family Conference in Brazil, Family F in Spain, Congresso Smile in Argentina, Baby and Kid Romania, and Portugal to name a few. For the past seven years, Sujata has traveled globally to 20 plus countries to teach photography to over 3000 plus students and still continues to educate and contribute to the collective growth of this industry. Sujata has set countless trends in the photography world with her images and unique visual language. She's well known world over for being the first photographer to bring babies and furry animals into a single frame to create remarkably heartwarming images. And her Generation series, capturing the undying love between elderly couples and that of grandparents and grandchildren has gone viral globally. Her works are often compared with Norman Rockwell's illustrations and if you are looking at them right now, you might confuse them to be paintings. Sujata is also Professor of Photography at EFTI, one of Europe's premier photography institutes based in Spain. She's also the jury for many international photography awards. Her works have been published in Forbes, Huffington Post, CNN, The Daily Mail, ABC News, New York Post, Times Now, The Hindu, Mumbai Mirror, BuzzFeed, Vanity Fair and Good Housekeeping magazine to name a few. As an artist, Sujata takes the everyday, the ordinary, and creates something magical with it. The assurance with which a new mother holds her firstborn, the tenderness that permeates a long relationship, the carefree way in which a child interacts with nature. Her photographs evoke an instant response and connection 
in the viewer. With patrons such as Vanessa Bryant, Adriana Lima and HuffPost to name a few, Sujata's works enjoy a dedicated social media engagement from over 250k plus followers. Join me as I talk to Sujata about her journey so far, how she got started and her advice to budding photographers. Hi and welcome to the Success with Savita podcast. Joining me today is Sujata Setia. I hope I got that correct, the surname. You did. Okay. Um, joining me today is Sujata Setia, who I deeply admire. And I was shocked that I hadn't found her pictures prior to this. So, and when I did, I spent so many hours on your Instagram page, just looking at it. So Sujata, thank you for making time to be here. She's multi-talented and we are very grateful to have her here on the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me here, Savita. I'm so excited. I've been waiting to speak with you. So thanks a lot. Yeah, you're welcome. And with that, we'll dive right in uh, to, we'll get started with how you started your journey and what brings you to photography. You had a very interesting journey so far. So please share with us how you got started. It's been very funny. It's almost like somebody threw uh, photography in my lap right at the time when I really, really needed it. So I'm Indian and I uh, live in the UK now. I got married uh, and moved here. But before that, back in India, I was a radio jockey. Uh, and then I was also a television presenter, a, a television producer mm -hmm. and a script writer. And, you know, I was really dabbling into media, essentially. I, I produced IPL as uh, well, uh, once extra shots. Wow. So, I mean, I, I was doing the kind of stuff that had nothing to do with photography. And then uh, love happened. I mm -hmm. fell in love with my husband and uh, he uh, was based in UK. And I had this strange, funny confidence that wherever I would go in the world, I would just conquer the world, you know. And uh, back in India, what the funny thing is, at least in my times, it's been a decade since then or a decade or more, mm -hmm. uh, you really did not need a CV. You did not need mm. a cover letter. It was more about networking. It was more about just knowing the people around you and, you know, mm. exchanging energy and then finding the, your right opportunity. Uh, and here I moved to UK where everything is extremely formal. So mm -hmm. I uh, started looking for internships, didn't get any, started looking for like literally free jobs. I will pay for my travel. I'll play, pay for my food. Nobody gave me a job. And then I did my master's here. That didn't help either. So that sort of threw me into a depression from which I felt like I would not mm. ever resurface, you know, because the one thing that held me together back in India was the fact that I was creating my own foundation. I was the person who made money for myself. Mm. I could, and, and, you know, take care of my mother, which was just very, very important to me, my mother, and even, even my father to a certain extent. I mean, I wanted to be, I wanted to be there for them. Yeah. And here, you know, you come and then you're entirely dependent on your partner and you don't want to do that. So yeah. uh, not only did it spoil uh, my relationship with him and without any fault of his, yeah. uh, but also my relationship with myself. Mm. And uh, funnily, it's a long story. Please cut me short. Of course, we <laughs> love long stories. So don't worry about it. So, I mean, uh, funnily, you know, I was going through this really strong bout of depression and we went back to India back and forth because I, I couldn't afford uh, uh, a therapist here. Therapists are so expensive. So I would just keep going back to India to get, a, uh, get therapy sessions. And uh, one of the therapists in a very, very established hosp hospital in India, a psychologist, she said, uh, I have a bipolar disorder mm. and she prescribed me medication for it. Okay. And, uh, 
And that's the time when my mother felt terminally ill. A friend told me, have, have a child. It will solve all your problems. It will give you a purpose in life. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. there were so many noises coming from all directions. And I, I thought maybe that's, that seems to be very a quick solution. So I just put my husband to work that night and I got <laughs> pregnant. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. So, okay. <laughs> So, um, so I, a beautiful daughter was born after nine months. And, and I mean, I, I was so grateful for that fact. But at the same time, I felt like now there is no running away. You know, mm. you can't run away from circumstances. You can't hide from them. And I knew I can only go down with this. And mm. I didn't want to do that to my daughter, especially. And uh, so I don't know why, but at some point, my husband during our uh, first few years of our marriage had gifted me a camera. It was an amateur camera. And I started taking pictures of just our holidays with that camera. Mm-hmm. And then when my daughter was born, I just, re- you know, reignited uh, that relationship with the camera. And I started taking photographs of her. And I would post them on uh, Facebook just like that. And people would message me, friends would message me saying, oh, my God, you take such great pictures. Can you take photos of us? And I was like, okay, there's nothing to lose in this. So one day I just literally sat down and I I had my, uh, you know, bipolar medication right next to me. And I told myself that there's only this way or that way for me, you know, either I go down with my depression Mm. or I take action. Mm. So that's what I did. I opened a Facebook page and I just posted whatever pictures I had uh, taken of my family uh, and and I just started saying that I'm I'm offering photo shoots to family. Wow. And it. all this without formal training. Absolutely no training. Yes. See, this is inborn talent because uh, today you teach. That's what I read. Uh, so this is so awesome, and I resonate with you so much uh, because there was a time before my daughter was born that I was going through depression, and the day she was born, um, I told myself that. I'm never going to have these thoughts again. And so you started your photography at that time. When did you know that you wanted to do this full time? Was it immediately or it took some time for you to find your feet and get started, get your clients? Unfortunately, Savita, I did not give myself a choice Mm. uh, because I needed to, much as it was my passion, I mean, I have always been an extremely creative person. So deep down, I always knew that creativity is what is going to be my profession as well, Mm. what will fuel my profession as well. But at the same time, I also needed the money in the bank. Like I told you, I mean, that was one of the reasons why depression hit me. Yeah. Uh, So I, it, I, it wasn't by choice. It was by, by circumstances that I had to take on a photography full, uh, full full blown. But at the same time, because I had a little baby, Mm. uh, it wasn't like I was doing a lot of shoots. I had the good thing about running your own business is you can always manage your time you know yeah yeah that's true and um what what do you remember about your first client photo shoot you know my incidences are very very funny uh i i came from such a dark place in my life and the desperation to find that you know that uh, one stream of light was so much Mm. that i pretty much went to any extent to get uh, that first client so okay uh funny thing here was I mean even if you charge a pittance uh, the you know the the best thing I realized uh, uh, to be able to find your very first client when you're doing a business is to uh, to connect with uh, the cultural values mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so when I was looking for my first client I was looking for an Indian living in UK you know okay I cannot imagine a British uh, person uh, 
would uh, becoming my first client so i started looking for indians now the thing with us is that we like to get it cheap no. and we also like to get a lot of it work of, done like yeah. best service but really really cheap so uh, i remember people would i started posting on different facebook groups uh, with photographs of my daughter and i started taking pictures of my daughter and my dog as well and i started posting it and people would uh, message me saying hey so do you do a maternity shoot my maternity shoot a photo um, a pregnancy shoot was my very yeah. first time so she came to me and she said and i still remember her name uh, she said do, do you do maternity shoot and i said yes i do maternity shoots i've done a lot so she said okay so do you have any samples to show show me so mm. i got stuck there because i had no samples and i didn't want to do a free job for anybody i wanted money at that time so i just yeah. told her mm, you know what i really like to keep the privacy of my clients intact mm. Mm -hmm. so no matter what i i i know i've done a lot of photo shoots uh, a lot of maternity photo shoots but unfortunately because of their privacy uh, conditions i cannot uh, show you Posted, the images yeah. but mm -hmm. trust me you've seen all my other work on my page so you know what is the standard of my work and that's that's how i started getting my first second and third client you know in a variety of fields in uh, family photography itself so yeah like what you hear so far make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now Stay tuned as we take a quick break, and we'll see you on the other side of the show. I, it also means that you took the effort to put yourself out there and make it happen uh, for you. So, what's your process when you plan a shoot? Is there like a process that you follow? I want to dive into that a little bit, as a for anyone who's listening in as a photographer. Definitely, process is very very important, uh, Savita. In fact. uh photography i see photography as much from my heart as i see it from my mind i always tell my students as well it is as much an art as it is a science you know you've mm. got to really break it down you've got to break human emotions down as well it's almost like when you're doing marketing you know mm. you're look looking at the client psychology at the same time you're also looking at the an uh, analysis of the numbers that are coming to you right yeah, so yeah. when i'm creating uh when i'm planning to get into doing a project i first decide what is the emotion that i want to work towards hmm. uh once i have decided the emotion i mm -hmm. write down on with pen and paper a narrative around it i write the story down on pen and paper mm. uh and and i write the captions that okay. i would want to go with the images because okay. writing down your story in one single statement or one poetic statement gives you the entire vision you know so okay. i would write it down and then i would start deciding what are the kind of models or the subjects that are going to fit my narrative that mm. is when i start doing the model call once i've done the model call i have selected the location based on the story that i have to create i've decided the light or the time of the day when i want to do that shoot i go to the location with everything ready with my shots written down mm. because when you're doing a photo shoot especially with people like me photographers like me who are working with children and are working with animals and are working op in open nature everything is such a variable you know yeah. uh, weather will change children will start crying uh, mm. animals will uh, run away so you've got to have something that's a constant mm. and the constant is going to be your narrative mm. once you've got your story right you yeah. place your subjects in the framework of that story and then allow for magic to happen naturally sometimes you know i go with a storyboard in my head i've written it all down and i place my subjects there but they come up with an absolutely new narrative mm. and i accept that with open arms but if you're going with a blank page if you're okay. going with no idea in your mind 
you will never get a, a winner image. So, yeah. so yeah, that's my process. Amazing. And do you think your past experience has helped you in this new role uh, in photography? Yes, every every experience in my life has uh, has helped me in photography. I mean, uh, not only my personal experiences, my childhood and growing up, but also my experience as working in television production, yeah. working in radio and writing scripts. Everything has has uh, contributed to how I look at photography. Working yeah. in television gives you a visual sense. Mm. Uh, working in radio gives you an understanding of what your a customer or your consumer wants and yeah. what is it, what emotion is it that you want to pass on to them working in content writing tells you uh, how to write down your narrative you mm. know so everything everything adds value to what i'm doing yeah now. yeah i think because when you're saying you do the storyboard uh, someone like me wouldn't be able to do any storyboard right i would even stand and click but also i think it comes and all of these experiences put together brings out that beautiful imagery that you are creating and so um, what happened next? So you started off with your clients and then um, you've been featured like everywhere, right? So did that happen organically or you did have to do some marketing? Uh, what went into the making and growing of your brand? Um, I remember the very first time I, so I was, like I said, I mean, I did not come out of my dark uh, space uh, immediately after becoming a photographer, you know, because I, even though it became my passion very, very quickly, unfortunately, it also became my profession at the same time, you know, and when you mm. have to balance your love and money, yeah, it's a, it's a very difficult uh, balance to take care of. So it wasn't like I, uh, I jumped out of my uh, yeah. darkness. You know, I was still addressing it as I was taking pictures mm -hmm. and I was continuously only taking pictures of clients. So that mm -hmm. did not help me emotionally either because, you know, your clients are not your perfect uh, uh, ideal you know, client. I mean, it's yeah. not, they, or... they don't fit in your perfect vision. Mm -hmm. in, in your perfect magical world, your client is not what would fit, you know. So I kept questioning myself, what is it that I want to do? What is it that I want to do to address my emotional needs through my art? And mm. that's when I started photographing my daughter and my dog. That was my very first series, you know, mm. a series that I did only for myself, mm. for no purpose. I did not know what am I going to do with it, whether I will promote it or not. No idea. I just start, look, started looking at my daughter and my dog Mustang and I saw the relationship they had together. And then I orchestrated the same moments in the perfect light and started mm. photographing it. Once I started doing that, uh, I created a post and it all organically happened you know sometimes marketing is such a beautiful thing that sometimes the things that you do without actually thinking that mm. you're doing them uh, just blow out yeah. you know um, so I posted all those images together uh, on uh, my Facebook page uh, business page and I for the very first time felt like now I can talk now I feel like my voice has come back when okay. I looked at the cluster of those images and the, for the very first time I came out and open about my depression so mm. I just wrote about how you know when I was going through such a severe depression that when my daughter was born the very first thing that the doctors do is skin to skin you know they yeah. pass on the child to you and they want you to hold the child to your skin and the moment they gave the child to me I said take it away I don't mm. want the child because I was so deep in the throes of that darkness. So I uh, wrote about it and I said, this is, this is how I'm coming out of it. I see light now because my art has become my healing process. Mm -hmm. And when I wrote that narrative, it just went viral. And I started receiving phone calls from all over the international media to give an interview for that. Now, ever since then, what, 
what I've learned about marketing is that to tell a story mm. is such a great way of marketing yourself. I mean, you don't need to go so deep into your own narrative. Maybe you want to keep it a little bit on the surface, but the deeper you go as an entrepreneur, yeah. uh, the more you will connect with your audiences and the more are your chances to organically go viral. I mean, you don't even need to then work hard towards it. Yeah. So Amazing. that was one learning and the yeah. other learning was doing your own personal projects. So creating always art that is, uh, that is true to you. And when you post that, huge possibility of it going viral. Yeah, I think that's some, that's really important what you're sharing and I hear you share. Um, so yeah, wonderful uh, hearing your story so far. And, you know, just when you realize you want to interview someone and then there's so many layers to that person and so slowly as you share your story, um, there's so much resonance. So uh, coming back to photography, you've chosen to do child, maternity, uh, family photography. Has having a niche helped you? Uh, do you think you'll ever do other like weddings and, you know, maybe brand photography or maybe do you already do it? But this is the main thing. Finally, I started from doing everything, anything okay. that came to me, I started doing it. So, I mean, I started by covering weddings, Indian, Russian, British, you name it, I, whatever I got, I just started doing it, you know, birthday parties, mundans, mm. um, you name it, brand shoots. Uh, and then slowly and gradually is when I started. So that's what I would always advise, uh, you know, aspirant photographers as well, that don't come and pinpoint on a niche straight away. Okay. Always try your hand at a variety of things and then see what sings to your heart most. Because it takes a while for you to always also understand that what is your language, what is your visual language. So that came with time. I am now only focusing on one uh, form of or one genre of photography and that is uh, also evolving with with time as I evolve as a person true. my genre will change as well true, uh, true. so you never know maybe maybe tomorrow when it's time for my daughter to get married I will get into wedding photography simply because <laughs> my circumstances and my I myself as a person would have changed true I and uh, I want to ask you here at this time so when you started out you did everything and then at some point you started teaching as well uh, how did that happen that again was such an organic move. I never thought I would do that, but I am all I have always believed to be a loud mouth. You know, I'm like my biggest evangelist, <laughs> and uh, I I feel like you know, as an entrepreneur, especially as an artist, the biggest mistake we make uh, is that we become very shy, very introvert, and very inward looking only towards our art, and we feel like once I've created it. That mm -hmm. is it. That's enough. But in the age of social media, how important it is for you to put your art out there and make sure it actually reaches out the right audiences is even more important than creating that art, you know. So that's one thing that I always did from the beginning. I would always, you know, create images no matter how bad they were. I remember right in the beginning, I mean, the kind of work I created, <laughs> I look back at it and it's shocking. Okay. And, uh, but I was I shameless. You know? Yeah, I know. We all think that, right? I don't know that first video, that first audio. It's like, God, what was I thinking? <laughs> okay, so keep going. So yeah, I mean, you know, so as a marketer, one thing which was uh, that I took care of was to be shameless, completely unhindered, unhinged in uh, promoting myself. So I used to continuously keep promoting on different Facebook groups. Mm. What that did was slowly and gradually, many a times people hated my work, commented, wrote very nasty comments. And I, I was like, damn you I mean I don't care uh, sorry for my French but that's okay uh, 
and and then i would keep post- posting images keep posting eventually there came a time when my work started to get better and people over and over and over again started sending me messages saying hi are you conducting classes do you mm. teach your photo style of photography and then there i saw a market i saw another market and uh, so i just introduced a workshop and uh, it sold out in a few hours and i was like okay that is interesting and another learning from there is that you know never skew your own market never say to yourself that uh, my clients are only going to be families or mothers who are trying to get a family photo shoot done or yeah. a maternity or a newborn shoot done uh, always promote everywhere uh, without thinking uh, you know without compartmentalizing your own audiences and you never know where your client market would be sitting and which vertical you will move to so yeah that's where photo- Uh, workshop started and I, now I now that's my main business actually oh you teach a lot workshops yeah. and uh, okay amazing and I like and I and I think I agree with you here when you say you have to try different markets because you don't know what's going to uh, where your audiences are mm-hmm. and I know we talk so much especially in the business world about target market fit product market fit where's your target audience so I mean what you're saying is very refreshing um with that i do want to ask you what have you learned about the business of photography that you didn't know before that's a very good question savita and there are so many things i didn't know on a very emotional level i didn't know how important it is or how alienating that this industry is or for example mm. being an entrepreneur is just like you're you're just sitting inside a box and you have to think outside of it but you're mm. all alone in there you know so uh, the most important thing that i did not know was that it's going to be very lonely very lonely and the higher up you get uh, go it gets lonelier so uh, to build your own tribe on an emotional yeah. level is extremely extremely important to sustain this business right uh, that is one thing nobody told me about and i le- learned it very late and the hard way uh, so building that trust building a community and doing it in a cohesive manner believing truly that there is enough space for everyone in the world to thrive you know no mm. competition mm. and the second thing on a very practical level was the advice around how to uh, price your product uh, how to price your sub, uh, services how to be prepared for success because mm. success can hit you at any time and if mm. you're not prepared for it it will actually spiral down at double the speed you know so uh, being prepared for success knowing your numbers writing them down uh, knowing all your legal work writing it down these are the things nobody told me about and mm-hmm. i I'd, I'd, i'd love for anybody who's starting off to actually uh, have a guide to it such such amazing advice i i, I just hear myself saying i mean i just need to keep nodding along because i agree <laughs> with you yes have a tribe yes and i think this is something interesting because we're all chasing success we want it but like you said prepare for it i think often people are not able to prepare for it because they they're not yet visioning themselves Uh, becoming successes but uh with that i want to ask you what's your advice to someone who wants to go from being an amateur or photographer to a professional photographer uh quite a lot of things yeah make sure that you are uh, uh investing in learning mm-hmm. very very important it's not like i uh, became a photographer overnight i mean the mistakes that i made i corrected them by actually attending training uh, uh, with the photographers that i aspired to be like you know mm-hmm. so invest in learning learning is very very important and second keep practicing and keep creating uh projects uh that are based on a theme are based on a concept uh and that are coming from a very deeper space in your heart something that's very close to you start creating them start posting them on social media the more you do that the more you will fine tune your own visual voice yeah, yeah. yes 
And what have you observed about women in photography? I mean, are there, there are very few women, so we kind of know them, or maybe the ones that are, maybe I haven't done enough research, but what have you observed about uh, female photographers? You know, in my genre, in family, newborn and maternity photography, there are actually only women. So the few men that we have, we just wonder where did they come from, you know? Okay. Uh, so we have a lot of women in this, uh, uh, in this genre a little fewer in uh, wedding photography maybe, but uh, I, I just hope and pray, not an observation, they are great photographers. Women have a heart. Yeah. Uh, they are inherently uh, very emotionally attached to the work that they do. So they produce beautiful, impactful work. They, they tell stories that nobody else can tell, you know? Uh, sure. and, and that is incredible about being a woman. That's the power of being a woman. Uh, and my only wish and hope for us as women is that we really start working cohesively. That's something that I do feel at this stage is missing in the industry. Mm -hmm. And we really start, you know, uh, fixing each other's crowns. Um, so yeah, these are my. Two I love it. I love fixing each other's crowns. I think yeah, we talk about women supporting women, but we need to do a lot of that. Um, and I think you kind of answered the other question that I had, which is how do you hone your skills and practice your art? Like you said, you invest in learning, and is that something that you do consciously, or does it just like it just happens? Is there like a like what I mean is let me rephrase. Is there like a plan? Like in a week, there's like two hours that you're spending learning or improving on something or how do you approach growing your own skill sets? Um, COVID unfortunately has put the plans yeah. for all of us on the <laughs> back burner. You. So I have stopped planning, but uh, learning is for me an everyday process. I mean, oh, and funnily now, I mean, my work is all about learning uh, because I teach photography. So yes. whatever I know, I teach. But the time that I have on me, I just do work for myself. So when I'm working for myself and I'm creating projects and stories for myself, I'm continuously learning. Mm -hmm. I learn from my students and I also pay and make sure that I attend uh, uh, classes and workshops and master classes to be able to upgrade my skills as well. Because okay. the moment you become stagnant, that's the moment your art dies. True. True, absolutely true. And uh, I can't agree with you more there being in coaching, of course. But um, with that, a day in your life, what does a day in your life look like? I am so many people at the same time, you know, Savita, in five minutes, I become five different people. I'm a mother, I'm a wife, I'm a homemaker, I'm a photographer. And especially here in the UK, we don't even have any help in uh, here. So I am a cleaner as well. <laughs> so... Yeah. Every day is different. Uh, if I have a photo shoot, I start planning uh, a day or two in advance. Like I have one uh, 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 once I come back. So I have already started planning because I need to uh, you know, go at the holiday. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, I wake up at 5.30. That's for sure always. I uh, do my morning chores. I have my coffee. Can't mm -hmm. wake up without coffee and water. Uh, and then I sit down on the computer. I answer all the emails first thing in the morning. That's my usual time to answer all the emails. Uh, then I send off my daughter to school. Uh, then uh, I clean the house. <laughs> yeah. I sit down again, start editing. If I have to, if that's an editing day, it's an editing day. And uh, if I, it is a shoot day, then I quickly pack everything or set up everything and go off for my shoot. And then evening, my daughter comes back. So Okay, like really so, 
Yeah, I know you have a lot to pack in and yes, having no help, uh, that, that's the only great thing about being in India. I mean, not only great thing, let me rephrase that. that there are a lot of great things. I need to edit this one for sure. But yes, those, those are one of the perks of being here. And uh, finally, as we come to the end of the interview, which has been amazing so far, uh, what is your advice? Like, have you had any moments of doubt during this, you know, as you started your photography, where you felt like, I can't do this or I don't want to do this. I know you said that you made a choice um, that this was it. But did you have doubts? Always. Okay. Always. Unfortunately, I am just a one as women, like I said, we love too much. We give too much. Uh, and so we get attached too much. Mm. And uh, that's a big hazard yeah, when you're in the creative field. You get too attached to your art. And then if somebody questioned it, questions it, it worries you too much. It makes you question yourself as well. So not only as women, as even, even as a creative personality, it is, it is the hazard of our profession. So I continuously also tell my students, you know, that self-doubt is just part of our uh, body. I mean, it's, it's, like, it's like a limb for me, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I am always questioning myself. I'm always questioning whether I, I belong here, whether mm -hmm. I'm doing the right thing, whether I deserve this. Mm. Uh, and and I have slowly learned to take it in the stride I've slowly learned to tell myself that this is how it's going to be and I I doubt myself so much because I care just as much for the art so I should yes. take this doubt and uh, you know uh, self-questioning in a positive stride instead of uh, making it uh, become a negative streak yeah so that's that's a good way that's something that even I recommend ask better questions so um, of course that was only part of the question the real question was your advice to someone who feels I shouldn't do because there's so many everyone's like either there are a lot of people in photography um so what is your advice for someone who feels maybe I shouldn't do this because everyone's already done everything there is to do or there's so many or the competition is too much what's your advice or tip for them to deal with this I mean, what's, what is left in the world that has not been done by somebody else already? Which industry is there in this world right now that is not over cluttered, where there are not enough competitors who are charging a pittance for the same service that you maybe want to charge a lot for? There's always going to be competition. There are always going to be hundreds who have already done this before you. But the way you will do it, will always be different because you are a unique person so i mean i would whosoever wants to stop it don't don't i mean you know i i, I don't even remember which movie this was but i remember it was irfan khan and he was telling this to his co-actor that if you don't get out of the house how will you know whether there's traffic on the road or not or whether you can reach your destination or, the, or not so if you don't even try and if you give up before the journey has begun then how will you even know whether you were worthy of it or not so yeah, beautiful. Do it. Yeah, beautiful. Thank you. That was amazing advice. And so far, it's been such an amazing conversation. I feel like there's so much more to get through, but I know uh, I can't keep you on the interview for long. With that, thank you so much for uh, making time for being here and for people to sign up to your workshops. Um, I'll share the website link. It's but natural photography. Is that where, or do you have a different link? Yes. Uh, it is it is but naturalphotography.com okay great so people can find you for workshops or book you for photographs or just admire your beautiful images on your social media and with that thank you so much Sujata it's been lovely to hear your journey and how you've like overcome so many challenges that you've had and appreciate you uh, sharing this time and story with me 
Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you like this episode and you want more, you can go to the show notes on my website, which is successwithsavita.com forward slash podcast. If you like what you've heard so far, I would be grateful to you if you could leave me a five-star review, subscribe to this podcast and share with a friend who may find this useful. You can also follow me on my Instagram at successwithsavita and DM me any questions you may have and I will be happy to answer them for you. Until the next episode, believe in yourself and all the best to your success. इस हबहॉपर ओरिजिनल को सुनने के लिए आपका शुक्रिया। अगर आप भी अपना पॉडकास्ट लॉन्च करना चाहते हैं, तो हबहॉपर स्टूडियो वेबसाइट पे रजिस्टर करें और एक मिनट के अंदर अंदर अपना खुद का पॉडकास्ट लॉन्च करें। यही नहीं, स्टूडियो देता है आपको पूरी आजादी कहीं भी, कभी भी अपना पॉडकास्ट लॉन्च करने की सिर्फ तीन आसान स्टेप्स में। तो साथ में अपना पॉडकास्ट शुरू करने के लिए तैयार? Just hop on, hub hopper, simply content.